Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and my guest today came up with a very unique idea that you might not have heard of yet, but once you think about it, it makes all the sense in the world, and that is taking everything that is great, everything you love about a cookie, everything that's wonderful about a donut, and mashing them together into one terrific product. Please welcome Nicole Bartlett, Scott Taff, and Vincent Rissle, they are here to talk about their, their terrific product, Oh Cookios. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having us. All right. So, what I like to do whenever I have multiple voices on the show, just so uh, listeners can differentiate, know who's talking, I like to go around the table, let everybody introduce themselves. So, starting with you, Vincent, can you just say your name and just kind of uh, your role? in the company yeah so i'm vincent i'm the operation manager so i'm a lot of the time on the ground with my mom and helping her bake and then leading the venture into new frontiers as well as doing everything i can all right and i'm nicole i am the founder of okukios and that's what i do i bake cookie donuts <laughs> and come up with new flavors so all right, and I'm Scott. Um, I am the logistics manager is my actual title. Um, essentially, I'm a glorified delivery man. Um, I do all the <laughs> delivery, um, all of the deliciousness delivered. Um, that's me delivering it, dropping it off at your house, ringing the doorbell, or, you know, other businesses, uh, Fridays, doing all our vendors and stuff like that. So Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Let's, let's just start off from a high level for somebody who might not have had Okukio's before. It's kind of like, ooh, this sounds intriguing, but I'm not quite sure what I'm hearing about. How would you describe an Okukio to someone who's never had one before? Um, I would describe it as a cookie and a donut combined. It's like crispy on the top, so you get that crunchy part like a cookie, and on the inside, it's like a cake donut, so it's like soft um, and kind of unexpected, the textures and flavors. What do you guys think? I would concur with you, dear. I agree, and it also depends on, like, what side you're looking at. So, like, if you're looking at, like, the more donut-shaped, some people would think, like, oh, it's a donut, and then they pick it up, and they're like, oh, it's a cookie. Oh, cookie-o. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is really interesting. If you just flip it over, it almost looks right. like two different products. It has two different textures, like, different layers. Just one of the many things that I love about this product. And I, I just want to, right off the bat, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, I want to get my hands on these things because they sound awesome. Oh, cookie-o's can be ordered online at ocookios.com for delivery, or they can be picked up at a lot of local stores. Um, I typically grab mine from Woolner's, the uh, grocery store in Midtown, but you can also find them at Dundee Double Shot, Elevated Coffee and Tap House, Control Coffee and Cereal Bar, and a couple other places around Omaha. If you go on ocookios.com, you can see all the different retailers throughout Omaha and I think Bellevue as well. Council Bluffs too. And Council Bluffs as well. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to include the entire metro area. Yes. So I, I want to get into the origin story and that starts with you, Nicole, because you developed this product. Were you always interested in baking or was this a passion that like so many others kind of got sparked during the pandemic when everybody was like, time to learn a new skill? Well, um, honestly, I've always been a traditional baker. I used to bake with my grandma, my mom, you know, I was a young kid. Um, and I loved baking. You know, I kind of loved... And she's good at it. 
She's very good at it. Yeah. I mean, what just, I can tell at least. Like a traditional Thank baker, you. you know. I mean, I, one of the many parts of why I love her. And then ours. <laughs> oh, thanks, dear. Our um, second oldest um, was having some issues with skin, and he was breaking out with like rashes, and he had to do a lot of tests to figure out what was going on, and um, he ended up having uh, gluten intolerance. So, um, kind of had to figure out how to bake without regular AP flour. And I had no idea how to really go gluten-free. I wasn't apt to that at all. So I kind of had to figure that out during the pandemic. So I tried a lot of different one-to-one gluten-free flours, and I didn't like the texture I was getting because as a traditional baker, I wanted whatever I made to taste like what I was used to making. And with four boys, I don't want to make two separate things. Everything has to be good enough for everyone to enjoy. So we developed this by trying different flours, gluten-free flours, and then um, tried making our own flour from, we got a grinder for our KitchenAid mixer, and I tried making rice flour, um, and that was so fragile. It was really hard to bake with. And then I learned that you can make oat flour, so I figured out how to do that with Quaker oats, and then that's kind of how it came about. It took about six months to get our first recipe right. A lot of trial and error. A lot. A lot of trial a and error. A lot. It really started out as a cookie, and then um, my son was like, can you make a gluten-free donut, Mom? And um, couldn't. They, I couldn't figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> so they all came out like, like hard, flat bagels, and they just weren't right. And... Um, then it was either Scott or one of the boys were like, well, if you can't do a donut, why don't you try a cookie donut since you got your cookie recipe pretty good. And so we did that, and it was really good. And we are like, wow, this is kind of cool, you know. And then we kind of messed with the leavening agents and tried to um, make it better, you know, just something that we were all like, because everyone would have a critique. Well, it's this, but it's that. It's this, but don't have this. And then it was really gritty at first. Yeah. Like really like. Where it stuck and it was really gritty and we or it'd fall apart yeah, or it'd or fall apart just like you know pieces you know? Mm-hmm. so it took us about six months to get one that was wow this is this is really cool this is great you know and that's the original o which is oatmeal peanut butter triple chocolate chip and walnut oil um is basically what it's consisted of in gluten-free oats um so that was the first one and it took us six months how frustrating were those six months? Because, you know, you just mentioned baking is something in special use. Scott says you're an excellent baker, like part of your identity it is baking. And to all of a sudden have to basically like build your recipes from the ground up again. I mean, I imagine, yeah, there's some like fun and experimenting, but that's probably a really frustrating time for you, right? It's frustrating. And um, it was right at the beginning of covid so like but we were home. <laughs> building frustration on top building of frustration. Frustra- exactly. You know, it's like on top of, and so we had a lot of time on our hands, you know, but, for, I work at home, so I'm lucky enough to work at home. So, um, but she, it was, like I said, a lot of trial and error. I probably put on 20 pounds. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, they were all, we had four boys who wanted snacks, you know? And so I was constantly making stuff. And if there was a mistake or if it was messed up, then they wouldn't dimble on it or whatever. And, you know, it was fine. But it, it, it was like, okay, well, now I have to get this right because I just became so hyper-focused on trying to just get it right that it was just like, right, you know, a week would go by and I'd, have to just think about it, go back to the drawing board, and then try something new as soon as I, like, came up with a new idea to figure out maybe if I add a little more of this or take a little bit of that or if I maybe grind it differently, it'll come out better. Um, but it was a it was a huge learning curve. Well, I mean, it, you talk about it on the website. Like, you tried all kinds of gluten-free flours. You tried coconut flour, tapioca flour, chickpea flour, rice flour. I mean... <laughs> it was an ordeal. Like, I didn't even know some of these things even existed before I started doing my research for this. Neither did we. <laughs> but, but then when you get it and and that first sheet of the cookies comes out that you were happy with, what was that feeling like? It was, it was like, ah. Oh. You know, it was like that, yay, it worked, you know. And then, um, then I learned that not all oats were created equal. Because I was using Quaker oats, and I was grinding those up. 
And I found out that they're not gluten-free, even though oats are gluten-free. Oh. Because of the transportation and the factory and the process, there's a there's a possibility that um, other glutinous grains can cross-contaminate the oats. So that was like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> Go back to the research, you know, and try to figure out um, who has gluten-free oats. I'm like, whoa, I didn't think that was even a possibility, you know. So then we had to kind of go back to the drawing board after we first had that perfect sheet. We're like, oh, yay, these are great. And then I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> we got to <laughs> change it again. Um, and then we went with Bob's Red Mill Gluten-Free Oats because those, those are certified and then started grinding it again. And then you have different types of oats. Little different inconsistencies, you know, like the difference between dark chocolate and milk chocolate, you know, that difference to where she had to, again, refine it again. And it took about another two months after that <laughs> yeah so and then once we finally got that right you know it was great it was like hey you guys gotta try this so we was taking it to our friends or family i'm like oh my gosh you guys what do you guys think and people are like can you make more of those can you bring that to this event can you bring that to this party or the family dinner and so we were making it for everyone and then it's kind of like well maybe we should do something with this you know and I went from there. And she had the great idea to reach out to a couple local coffee shops, um, give them some samples, you know. And then we did some more research and figured out that we, underneath the cottage food laws, which is what we were operating under, we couldn't do that. So we had to find a commercial kitchen to be able to offer, because the two vendors that we started with loved them. And we're like, oh, we need more. We want these. We want these. But we couldn't give them to them because we weren't in a commercial kitchen yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of a, you know, a catch 22. This is where kitchen council comes in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I want to back up a little bit. Oh, sorry. We're going to get there. We're we're advancing the story too quickly. We have so much good stuff to unpack here. What? So whether it was one of your sons or whether it was Scott, when the idea of what if we did a cookie and a donut together, like it's something that, when you say it and when you think about it, it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That sounds right. really good. But I'd never seen or heard of anything like this before. And just doing some quick Googling, I couldn't really find anything that was similar. So when that idea is first suggested and you guys are kind of like batting it around as a family, what was the discussion like? Was it just like, oh, duh, let's try that? Or was it like, uh, I don't know. Well, her hero is Dominic Anzel, is who her hero is. Um, he's a baker in New York City. So um, we had kind of thought about that, you know, and we had... Well, it was more like a challenge. Yeah, more too. like a challenge, exactly, you know, to come, to be on that level. You know, mm-hmm. to be um, a, well, no, the, when they said, can you do a cookie donut? And then we was like, well, let's see if we can do it or not. And then it came out surprisingly well. And then we actually just kept trying to do it more and more. And... Um, but yeah, no, Dominic Genzel is a, he invented a cronut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's part of the cronut. That one was really good. And I was like, well, you know, we need to name this. We need and to come I mean, up with something like that. It's like, well, it was a, you know, why did nobody ever put that together before? Yeah. Why aren't we making other big goods exactly, into donuts? Exactly. Why aren't mm-hmm. we mismashing other things like that? And then that's where the cookie donut kind of took more hold. But and, yeah, that kind of came in a little later, but it was more, the boys and Scott saying, you know, well, you got a cookie recipe. Why don't you try a donut recipe or try to make it a cookie donut? So that's where that kind of came through. Vincent, what do you remember about trying the cookie donut combo for the first time? Honestly, uh, I know we are all kind of like, wow, because it has like the consistency of like cakey and like donut And it's also like the bottom shape of a donut. But at the same time, it has, like, the crispiness of, like, a cookie. And we're like, is this really gluten-free? And everything like that. And we were just really starstruck. So, like, how long were you... Actually, I want to back up a little bit. First of all, I want to point out that these are not only gluten-free, but they're high in protein as well. I want to mention that um, you make a point on mentioning on the website. Like, a lot of times, you eat a donut. Donuts are great, but they're just all sugar. Mm -hmm. So, like, two hours later you're hungry again and it's like well i just had a 400 calorie donut (laughs) you probably don't need to eat another one but with these you're getting something that's a little bit more fulfilling and it's it's going to be a little bit more substantial at least i've found the thing is is that the naturally they have about six to eight when we first start making with the peanut butter and oats 
they have a you know pretty decent amount of protein on their own. And during that time, the boys were becoming more health conscious. They built like a little gym downstairs. Like, and protein, protein. I need protein. You know, they're, eating <laughs> yeah. like, yep. they're eating like burgers and no no bun, just just mashing burgers. <laughs> mm, and the boys were like, you know what, mom, you need to beef this up a little. And I was like, well, let's see what we can do. And they had like regular protein, like whey protein and different types of, I don't know, the gold standard ones that they get from GNC, the normal protein stuff. And we tried some of those, and it was like, ugh. It was disgusting. And These are that gritty, powdery, yeah. proteiny taste, you know, that you have when you have those shakes that that yeah. aftertaste or whatever. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what we didn't like. That was mm-hmm. again more more critiquing. Or back to com- the drawing board. Or we completely dry it out, or just completely um, take over on the flavor part of it. So we ended up trying different types of protein, trying to add more peanut butter, but you can only add so much peanut butter. But then you add more fat content when you do the peanut butter and. So we tried soy protein. We tried, I don't know, some just a bunch of soy protein is disgusting, by the way. <laughs> Which was like, oh my gosh, what is this? Like, I still have a bag that we just didn't even open because it was um, not very tasty. And then we found the almond protein powder, uh, which is just defatted almonds. So you don't get all those extra ingredients you do with like regular whey protein or workout protein, which has a list of ingredients that you're like, I got to figure out what these are. Um, But with almond protein powder, it's just defatted almonds and the protein content is high. And so it was like, okay, let's try this. And it didn't change the flavor. It didn't change the texture. If anything, it made it softer and fluffier. So it was like, we have a winner, you know, and we was able to beef it up to about 10 to, I don't know, 14 grams of protein, depending on um, how many is in a batch. So, we But at least 10 grams, that's what we say, 10 grams to be, cover our bases, you mm-hmm. know, because some of them, some of the other ones have higher, but just to say at least 10 grams in all of them across the board. So mm-hmm. That's the best part, I think. Mm-hmm. And which does make you fool. And plus, it's mostly oats and almond flour, anyways, are the two main ingredients in both of our um, batches. I don't know how else to say that, but a lot of our recipes, the number one ingredient would be the almond flour or the oat flour, which fills you up, anyways. So that was kind of like a, another bonus was that it kind of filled the boys up and it was like, all right. Helped them get those gains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do have four sons. So we have four boys vincent our oldest is with us as well today but we have three other sons so again you know four kids it's <laughs> try to feed four boys <laughs> good luck i don't want to take on that <laughs> challenge anytime soon so you mentioned the original o is mm-hmm. the the main flavor components at least are oatmeal peanut butter and triple chocolate chip yeah what was it about that combination that made that like the original your first thought your go-to um just because i was trying to make a chocolate chip cookie um, you know, that's just something that I made just no brainer when I would be baking with regular flour, you know, ch- triple chocolate or chocolate chip. And I liked the different flavors and textures of the different chocolates. So I was like, okay, well, let's do some milk, some dark, some semi. And then, um, ended up being the first one just because it's one of my favorites too. I, that's like, my always is a, a chocolate chip cookie, like a fresh baked chocolate chip cookie, fresh out the oven. You can't beat it. You can't. You can't. No. I mean, and the fresh cookie oils out the oven, they got to cool for a little bit, but those are just as delicious too. So, I mean, that's another reason I think that kind of she ventured that way is it, it's, it's one of my favorites mm-hmm. um, is the chocolate chip and all of our sons. Cause we, I mean, you know, we just buy the brick of cookies sometimes and just throw them in and, <laughs> It's first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to make it healthier, too. So the original oat doesn't have butter in it. We use walnut oil to help kind of with the polyunsaturated and the monounsaturated fats as well. Um, so that one was kind of like the healthier option. Because I was like, well, if I'm going to be making these constantly, because one, we were going through a lot of batches just trying to get it right. You know, I'm like, well, let's see what I can do to make this better for them you know, when we started it. So that first one only has wanted oil. There's no other oils like Crisco or butter or anything else in those. So that was kind of like the first one was trying to make it the healthier option for them and filling. So mm-hmm. now you mentioned you started kind of the way that 
you first started getting the word out was just sharing it with friends and, and family. Like, what was their reception? It, it, I mean, you just show up at the house and you're like, hey, I, I made this thing. It's a, it's a donut cookie. Like, give it a try. Like, what did they have to say? Well, I always brought stuff that I would make up, like, I have just different recipes. But this one was kind of like, okay, she brought something else. All right, let's try it. <laughs> and uh, they were like, huh, this is actually kind of good. You know, and I'm like, there's no flour in it. And they're like, what? What do you mean there's no flour? I'm like, actually, we made our own flour. And they're like, all right, well, this is okay. You have something here. You know, you should start making it, you know, more and letting people know about it. And then uh, my biggest fan was my mother-in-law. And <laughs> she'd be like, oh, well, can you bring more? And um, then, yeah, we decided to kind of start venturing out and sharing it with more friends and trying to do the cottage food law and delivering it locally and I started picking up a little bit about six months of that I'd say mm -hmm. um until like early part of 2021 20, sorry I'm yeah January I'm, that was <laughs> all blurred oh yeah in my head but yeah it was right before we actually got into the um kitchen council which we'll get to later um but um it was about six months where I'd have to deliver to my family <laughs> essentially so we were delivering to you know other friends and stuff like that um you know her brother um another big supporter of us um would take us and you know just get deliveries you know it's kind of oh well, i'm gonna help my sister out mm -hmm. so it's another you know another big supporter was her brother mm -hmm. one thing that impressed me so much going back through your instagram and kind of just going through your journey. Yeah, uh, you've seen the beginning photos? I, I have seen the beginning photos, and I, that's not an uh-oh, at least not in my book. I, I was really impressed because you guys hustled. I mean, there are pictures of you at the farmer's market. There are pictures from Blocktoberfest, from art shows, from high school craft fairs. I mean, like, if it was an event, you guys were trying to get in on it and just get your product out in front of the public and just create awareness. Um, what kind of what was the what was the thought behind that was it just hey anywhere that we can go to to get people to see and to try this we have to do it well it was more the response we got from from people who tried it and you know it was like well if they like it then we need to try to get this in front of more people you know what let's see what we can do with this you know if people are this receptive because at first i thought people were just being nice to like oh yeah it's your you know my family they're like oh yeah this is great i'm like okay well let's see and then we got into the coffee shops um and then holland hounds was actually the first one that was like you don't know what you have here and i'm like i don't so, you know, tell, me, you know? <laughs> tell me yeah i was like i really i don't and um you know they were excited about it and then 13th street uh she was really excited about it and then we didn't get that direct interaction with the end customer so um we kind of wanted to kind of be able to see that in real time what people were saying as they tried it um and because like, i'd get the feedback from the deliveries you know like i'd, I'd drop it off on friday and the uh the baristas would be like oh this is the greatest thing you know oh, you gotta or they'd introduce me to one person happened to be in there at, you know six forty-five in the morning on friday and all oh, this and they just love it you know but we didn't get that interpersonal you know interaction and that's what she and i'd tell her that i'd be like they love it they love it they love it but we wouldn't really get that, you know, there. And then that's when we started to be like, okay, uh, it's time to hustle. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, just like you said. and The events. Yeah, we did a lot. We really did. Um, but not too many. We didn't want to oversaturate ourselves to be where, oh, it's them again. Oh, it's them again. You know, so we wanted to still not oversaturate it. That's, mm -hmm. That was like that fine balance where we're like, okay, we'll go here. Then we'll bounce out we'll well, over here and then we'll bounce out. But honestly, it's, you know, me and Vinny – bake and we can only bake so much <laughs> you know so like doing a farmer's market from may through september that's about 150 cookies and at first when we were still learning the ovens everything took us a lot longer to do um because there was a huge learning curve from baking at home to baking in a commercial kitchen and we lost so much product um just trying to relearn things you know, uh, time and temperature and oh. the difference yeah. between a regular kitchen and a commercial kitchen is crazy. We had no idea. Well, tell me what, what, what are the main differences? I mean, I'm sure they're obvious um. to you guys now, but for, <laughs> for most of us on the other side of it, we're just like, 
Yeah, it's an sure. oven. Yeah, you know, I'm like yeah, 375 at home is not 375 in a commercial kitchen. There's like a and uh, 25% difference, which is what we didn't know. Um, but not just that. It was that's kind of like the stepping stone is like okay well they say 25 percent, which we didn't even know until three months in three months in and so like they would be super cooked on the outside but then they would be raw on the inside i think on our tiktok we actually have um our epic fail for black friday because it was our first delivery to the coffee shops and we were so excited we had these you know 13th street uh coffee and tea and howlin hounds were our first two orders for black friday we were so excited. We had went in. We tested the ovens the week before, and they were perfect. And then we went back to make our orders, and we did the exact same thing. But for some reason, they were cooked on the outside, and on the inside, they were just falling apart. And we were just like, what did we do wrong? Did we forget something? Did we not add enough of this or that? And, um, you know, we thought it was the recipe. And then we kind of did our research on combi ovens and Vulcan and found out that, you know, 25% is kind of the, the the difference between a home oven and there. But it's 25% either temperature or time, not both. So you have to either take the temperature down 25% and leave the time or take the time up 25%. Isn't that how it works? Mm-hmm. Or it's down. But it's one or the other. You don't do both. That's another learning curve that we had. We didn't realize it's one or the other, though. 25%, you have to take it down. So what would take us... Now, what we did like 150 in two days, that would take us almost all week because we would lose half of our oh, half of our batches. That'd be um, so frustrating. Yeah, it was like there was a few nights at four in the morning where we're like, I don't know if we, I don't know what we're doing wrong, I, you know, and we just had to keep at it and persist and um, try to persevere through it because there was a few questionable weeks where it was like. We ran out of almond flour or something, and it was late, and we couldn't just go to the store and grab it. Um, but we had to figure out how to make these orders when we had already lost a good portion of what we had. Um, so that was kind of a, a big deal. And then now that we've got it all figured out with our time and temperature, it only took us, what, eight months? Yeah, <laughs> if that. And another big learning curve we had was using the combi oven because the first week we were in there, we were like, ooh, this fancy new oven. So we tried it. It worked out great. And then we came back the second week for the Black Friday orders. And uh, that was probably one of the bigger pinnacles of why it all went down because we weren't really, you know, we didn't know everything that we should have using that oven. And it was a really big uh, learning experience for us. Um, but yeah. we've finally conquered it and learned how to use the ovens and we've gotten a lot lot faster because as she was saying we were able to do like 150 well no we had like 164 done in two days but a lot of the time it would be just trial and error trial and error but in the year and a half that we've been at kitchen council right i think so we have learned a lot we've become a lot faster november 2021 yeah, so that first delivery, we went to both of the coffee shops um, in Helen Hounds and 13th Street. After we had been there all night, um, and I went there empty-handed, and I said, I'm so sorry. We lost everything we made. We are going to rectify this and remake it and figure it out, and we will be here as soon as we, you know, finish this, and we brought it. Next day, the next day I showed up on a Sunday actually it was Sunday I showed up at both of them and they were so surprised they were not expecting they weren't expecting until next week and I showed up they could tell we'd been up all night packaging labeling getting it all done but we showed up within 48 hours after the massacre had happened well that I mean that kind of helped a lot I think built some goodwill back. built some goodwill yeah yeah because yeah, we wanted to make sure that we at least showed up and they knew that we didn't just flake out it was you know we were really trying to make it happen and it just for what it, we just for so new at it we uh didn't realize so yeah but now we're a lot better and we're a lot faster and we've got our time and our temperatures and everything figured out hey there listeners we'll get back to my guest in a minute but i gotta remind you one more time about certified piedmontese anyone who listens to this podcast or follows me on social media knows that i enjoy my fair share of decadent meals and delicious desserts and that's why it's really important to me to eat really clean between big meals And that is one of the main reasons I love certified Piedmontese. 
Piedmontese cattle have extra muscle mass, which allows them to maintain a rich tenderness without much fatty marbling. In fact, ounce for ounce, certified Piedmontese beef has fewer calories and more protein than salmon. Don't believe that healthy food can taste this good? Just try it. When you order off certifiedpiedmontese.com, use the promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. You will taste the difference for yourself. If you are looking for steak, roasts, tenderloins, bacon, and more, check out certifiedpiedmontese.com and experience the Certified Piedmontese difference today. And now, back to my guest. The concept of trial and error has just come up time and time again in this conversation, whether mm-hmm. it's trying different types of flours, uh, gluten-free flours, whether it's trying different types of proteins to inject more protein, whether it's figuring out the ovens in this new kitchen space. During all these times where it's just like, man, you know, we, dude, I, I thought we had it. Now this new curveball came in. We just can't get it. Like, what is it that pushed you guys through during those times of trial? I think people wanting it, you know, and then just the challenge itself. It's like, you know what? I, we've had it perfect. I have pictures of it being perfect the week before. You know, there's something we did wrong, and I know it can be what we envision it to be, but how do we get there? You know, because we've already come this far. I'm not going to just give up. You know, we have put too much time, effort, and, you know. Money. Money. <laughs> yes. Money. And we had a lot of people, you know, kind of counting on us to do it. And when you meet people that are gluten-free, they're like, oh, my gosh, I've never had anything that tastes like what I remember donuts or cookies tasting like that is gluten-free. And not being gluten-free before and being a traditional baker, I didn't really even understand what they were comparing it to because all I compared it to was what I would personally bake that I, you know, at home. So, um just the people just coming up to us and saying hey you know thank you for making this that kind of kept us going too i think that was a really good point that you brought up dan because i feel like with a lot of startup and like with a lot of people they don't understand that it takes like a lot of willpower because in life you're going to fail so many hundreds upon thousands of times and that was something that we really had to overcome because we really struggled that we as we were like oh my gosh why did everything turn out wrong we were just here for 14 hours straight what is going on Mm -hmm. but then we would look back on the pictures now from you know the black friday incident or you know whenever else and we realized how far we've came and like the cookies look different the recipes look different but at the end of the day like what really keeps us going is like my mom was saying like just seeing the people that really do suffer from gluten intolerances or you know, whatever else would drive them to our product besides it being delicious is really seeing and making people happy all the time, especially the feedback that we get from them and our vendors, like constantly reaching out to us, new vendors. And then like you, like when she was showing me like all the screenshots that you were uh, from the post you're posting because I don't have Instagram, it made me really happy to see that people are just genuinely really happy with our product. And actually, you know, when people say, oh, we've heard of you, I'm like, you have? Like, it's still so new, and it's pretty exciting. It's it's taken a while to get that kind of, you know, recognition and for people to kind of start seeking us out. But we did it grassroots, straight up. We built from the ground. That's the thing that I'm so proud of her about is, I mean, I just support her, you know, and she's the one that does 90% of it. She's the IT department. She's the uh, everything. She does all of it, her and Vinny. Um, and it's it's really is inspiring to watch it happen. You know, because she wants this and she's making it happen and she's done it from the ground up. Well, it's, it's going to be nice to have something to give our boys to take over if it does, you know, actually take off. So and that's kind of the other motivator is like, you know what, we are, we're building something together as a family. And, you know, out of four boys, I know at least Vinny wants to um, take it over and his brothers will always have this to fall back on if we continue to build it and grow oh man that is so cool like Aww. it's it's so exciting this this is why i love being able to do this podcast is like i can love a restaurant or love a product love a coffee shop whatever it might be but getting to hear the story and the heart behind it just mm. endears like me to the product so much more so I'm so glad that you guys are here to share this. Well, thank you for giving us a moment to reflect because, like, we don't really 
think about how far we've come. Well, you're doing 60 on the interstate. You don't see how far you've been. You know? Right. I mean, yeah. right. But when you get off the interstate, you can be like, oh, wow. It has been, been a journey. <laughs> it's been a journey. It's been a it's journey, been a hustle. you know, and it's been a lot of, like you said, trial and error and just perseverance. Like, okay, you know what? We've come this far. We're not going to stop now, and we can make it better. And thank God we did because we've got it right finally, mm-hmm. you know, and we can now focus on, you know, other things like creating new flavors or um, the business opportunities or talking to you. Huh. So. That's on the lower end of the oh, spectrum. No. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. Um, so one of the big parts of your journey, and we've talked about it a lot, but I want to kind of get into your relationship with Kitchen Council. And yeah. for, for those who are unaware, it, it's a commercial kitchen and council bless. I've had several other uh, members of Kitchen Council on the podcast, and they all just rave about it. It's a shared space where people can come in because, like you mentioned, there there are cottage laws for how much you can bake and how much you can produce out of your home and th- and then sell it. So how did you get hooked up with Kitchen Council? Like, you, you're you giving stuff to coffee shops. You realize, hey, we can't just do this at home. We need a commercial kitchen. What was the connection between you and Kitchen Council? Well, the thing is, is that basically There's not Google. many. Yeah, Google. There's not many commercial spaces in the Omaha area. Um, if you Google it, there's about three or four. And um, in Omaha... Like you said, there's three or four, but when you actually like research or call or reach out or try to get a tour of these places, you know, they're like, well, you can't come in on this day because so-and-so is here on this day. Um, and the space wasn't very, I don't know, shareable. I mean, it's shareable. They had enough for what they were doing. And I was like, well, I don't know if that's going to work. Um, and then Kitchen Council popped up in the search and I didn't know who they were. I was c- completely unaware. Like I said, I'm a mom baking for my family you know so the commercial kitchen wasn't even in my mind um and they popped up and i seen the facility the the photos are beautiful the space was large the building i love old buildings and just seeing the building i'm like oh my gosh this building's beautiful um and then finding out that it was a part of the omaha chamber uh as well so it still has that omaha connection um and i called and holly barrett the director I'm like right back, she's like right back. So I was just like, oh, all right, she's she's on the same page as me, and I want to move forward. And I was still waiting on calls from the other places, um, and she had already like got my email and sent me over the information and told me the cost and um, the rules. And so she was all about helping us start up, and that is their mission is to help small businesses start up. And there are some amazing businesses there that are all you know, maybe one to two person show, they all carry their businesses on their back and they have treaded water and made waves and big ways. What is it like in that kitchen? Because you guys have talked about like, there was a lot of struggle, you know, there, there was a lot of overcoming and persevering. I assume that, and I, I know from talking to some of the other people who are in that kitchen, they have similar stories in which They've had to really fight for their businesses. They didn't know what the future of their business looked like. They've dealt with those same ovens and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Does it help to have kind of that camaraderie and be able to talk to other people and be like, okay, they made it through. Right. We can do it. Or you can encourage someone else. Like, What's that collaboration like in the kitchen? Well, we started off in, as night people. So we didn't see as many people the first, what, six months, yeah. year. So we were like... Um, I think 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. was kind of where we started. So we would see people kind of leaving when we first started. But I would be like, hey, you know, did you have any tips for the oven? You know, and they'd be like, oh, if you put a thermometer in there to make sure that it's the right time. Or maybe if you start the oven a half hour before at a higher temp and then bring it down to the temp you want it at. You know, we got some tips, and then, like, Holly was like, well, here's the the information booklet. Remember me bringing that home? The, the instruction manual for the for combi. For the combi, and I'm just like. A mini phone book. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, it's Chinese to me. I can't read this. Um, but, yeah, that helped a lot, you know, and, like, a lot of those people are classically trained or have went to school, like Curb Cakes. He, he was like, well, here's a thermometer, you know, and I was like, because he bakes. And I'm like, you temp your cakes and he was like oh yeah and I was like oh well that's new to me okay so we got some thermometers thanks to Kirby and um you know and then there's you know seeing everyone else go and being inspired by their 
product line. It was like, oh, well, you know what? Plus the space as well. Just the beauty of the space. It's an old building that's been retrofitted. And it's just, it's beautiful. It is. And it helps to, like, when you come over there to, to think and to just inspire you. You know, because it's not just the commercial kitchen. There's other things that are in that building, in the, in the Hoff Center. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful kitchen. And it's there's no way we could afford like the combi oven is a twenty thousand dollar oven. It and it, it like mm, and um, deals with the humidity and all the sorts of stuff like that. And then there's dual Viking um, Vulcan. Vulcan ovens that are another twenty k each. I mean that's hundred k just in ovens alone that we have access to. Mm-hmm. I mean the place is beautiful too. I, I mean you go in and it's just it's it's beautiful. It the is. Midwest Ballet is there. Um, then they have a art studio floor, um, which we've done collabs with. Uh, Jeff Katurba, an artist there, we did the art dish um, inspired by his artwork, which was another event that the Pace Building put on. So I forgot what the question was. but um, <laughs> uh, Just getting inspired by other people around the kitchen, being able to help one another. You guys have oh, yeah. sufficiently answered that and more. Because everyone's there super helpful. Yeah. You know, and there might be a lot of members there, but everyone has different schedules and the kitchen is two-sided so even with five or six members there you're not fighting for time or space because it's such a well-fitted kitchen Mm -hmm. all right let's get into the actual flavors themselves you currently one part have 12 different varieties on your website 12 as of sunday (laughs) when i did my prep it was 12 but i know that some of those rotate in and out you're adding at times you have seasonal flavors so i just want to go around the table and Tease some taste buds, starting with you, Vincent. Uh, favorite O'Cookio? So I have been begging my mom for red velvet for a very, very long time. It's a tradition. My man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a tradition for me. Uh, for my birthday every year, she would always make me red velvet something. So when we first started O'Cookios, I was like, we need a red velvet flavor. Uh, as well as, like, I would always bring the cookies to my friends, and they're like, these are really good. And I'd be like, don't we need a red velvet flavor? And they're like, please, beg your mom. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> so finally, uh, this autumn to winter, we launched our red velvet flavor, and uh, those are huge hits at all the markets that we did, uh, especially the Exarban Winter Fest that we did. And that was the biggest event we have done today, and it was very eye-opening. Because we sold out of what eight or nine hundred in two days. days. The yeah. first day we sold out of six hundred by three, and we got there at nine thirty ten a.m. Which was supposed to last us two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly! So safe to say, my flavor, you know, was a very good recommendation and helped us sell out. But you know, we are coming up with a lot. Me and her are always at the bakery, and we're like going back and forth. I'm like, you know, we should do this, we should do that, and then Scott's like. We already have like 12 flavors. Let's, you know, pump the brakes. And we're like, okay, okay. So, like, give us two weeks and we'll have another flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we have other people who say, oh, you should make this flavor. Like our table neighbor, uh, Breeze, I call her Breezy, uh, uh, Breeze Bakery. She does like yep. cheesecakes. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, you need to do a Breezio. She was like, why don't you make a chocolate vanilla caramel? So that was kind of one that we've been working on, but I haven't got it right yet. And I'm like, I like the name. We'll call it the Brizio. So I'm like, if you can give me a flavor, you know, profile, I'll name it after you. And uh, she's like, have you got that Brizio done yet? So it's like, no, not yet, but we're working on it. All right. What's your favorite, Nicole? Do you have a go-to? Oh, gosh, I have. I know it's like picking your favorite child. Yeah, right. Um, You know, honestly, I like the coconut. Um. But I don't make it very often because it's not popular, you know, because if I make a big, if I make a batch of it, I can't, you know, justify making that many just for myself. <laughs> but it is one of my favorites um, just because I love coconut. I love dark chocolate. And the original O actually started with coconut oil. And um, my niece, Chloe, was like, Auntie, is this supposed to be coconutty? And I was like, no, it's not, you know. And so that's when we switched the oil to walnut oil. Then we kept that one, and I just kind of expanded on the coconut profile and made it more coconutty. And then we named it the cocoa because we call my niece Chloe Coco sometimes. Oh. But anyways, um, that one's one of my favorites just because I love coconut. Fair. So, yeah. Mine's the Daddy-O. I like the Daddy-O. It's like, Is that named after you? No, actually. No, it's okay. Named, it's named after her dad. 
Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Her dad's the type of guy that orders a supreme pizza and adds to it. <laughs> um, he likes the kitchen sink. Huh? Exactly. Yes. Oh, everything. Yeah. And yes. then you throw. Then he'll throw whatever else you got in there on there. So that's what it's named after. Um, but it's the chocolate almond, or I don't even know. It's everything. Well, my dad's birthday's in March, and um, I was like, Dad, you know, I've we've been making cookies. Is there a flavor that you want? He was like, Actually, I was like, Can you do chocolate butterscotch caramel pecan with toffee and like espresso <laughs> and. And I was like, uh, let me see if I can figure that out. And um, we ended up, you know, oh, and pecans. We ended up doing a few trials and errors, and we got the daddy-o um, for his birthday. We made a big stupero for him, which is our largest cookie-o. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's like 18 I did. It d- dual. looks glorious. Oh, it's it's huge. And um, we it's made It's great for like a birthday cake for something people that, for gluten people that can't have gluten. Mm-hmm. We do that, and we're, we'll customize the grenache inside. So it's like two on top, and then you cook it. It's pretty good. So we made that for his birthday, and hence the name, the daddy was born. Okay. So I love, Vincent, that you brought up the the O Velvet O. That would be my favorite so far as well. I've still got a couple that I need to try. But I one thing that I was curious about is the R&D process. So, like, when you convince your mom, you say, hey, I really, really want to try and make a red velvet O cookie O. What is the process between you guys saying, yep, we're going to do this, we're going to try it, and it being released to the public? Um, well, like I said, our very first recipe took six months. And um, now it takes us, what, about five to eight batches? Yeah, I would say so. And we don't take six months anymore for our flavors. We've cut that time down a lot. I would say maybe one to two weeks at max. But it's usually like us like talking and we're like you know what i've been getting like a lot of feedback like for example um a lot of my friends are vegan or they have gluten intolerances so it works perfectly for them uh we actually had a different vegan flavor when we first started out and we've scrapped that one because you know we're unable to make that because they no longer make those products but a lot of my friends were like you know we need more vegan flavors so i was talking to my mom i was like you know we need more vegan flavors and she was like okay and then i talked to my friends and like you know we really want cookies and cream so that's how we came up with the Galaxy one. And so a lot of trial and error, a lot of feedback from my friends as well as like customers and vendors and just like our kitchen mates at Kitchen Council. We're talking to them, trying that. We're like, you know, what do we want to tweak? What do we want? Um, so it's just like a lot of trial and error and a lot and a lot of samples. The process sometimes takes a while and sometimes it don't take very long at all. Like the nameless so that we just came up with was just one that was like, you know what? It came out perfect the first try. So I'm like, we can release this already, you know? So I'm like, you know, I was like... It was finished before you could even think yeah, of a name for exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So the, the process differs on each each flavor because some flavors have different ingredients that are a little more complex that you have to kind of ration, ration out differently, mix up the ratios and... Um, yeah, like no. the bougio took a while. Yeah, that one took a while with all the chocolate. It's That's triple, a heavy chocolate. Yeah, it's one, yeah. really mm-hmm. heavy chocolate. So for her to balance all that out, it took a while. And of course, it has to pa- pass the last uh, taste testers, which is our three sons at home. Yeah. And if they don't like it, it doesn't go to the public. Yeah. So we have one of our sons um, is a chocolate chocolate hound. Oh, yes. Loves chocolate. Jacks. Loves oh. it. Jacks. Loves chocolate. <laughs> um, our littlest one's the one that came up with the name, the old cookie o. Um, he, he will just eat. If he'll eat it, it's going to market. Um, and then the other one with the gluten, with the gluten intolerance, um, he'll, he eats them every day. Yeah. So Not as long as he doesn't complain about it, we know we're good to go. Or he'll tell me, I don't really like that one. But then the other three will. And so it's like, well, okay. Cause he's pickier anyway. So it's like, okay, well, it holds weight, but we always take it in consideration. Like, okay, does the majority of the group like it? Or we'll give it to other members at Kitchen Council and be like, hey, what do you guys think? You know, like the Saucio, I don't know if you got to try that one. It Mm-mm. was a holiday flavor. It was orange cranberry. Mm-hmm. That one was um, uh, a lot of trial because fruit has so much liquid. So, yeah. So it's kind of uh, tricky to get those ones right. Um, but Plus, you can't find cranberries year-round. Something else we found out. Did not know that until we went to look for cranberries in January, and the people look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we make a cranberry sauce from fresh cranberries and kind of add that to the recipe. So we'll, we'll go back to that one next year, I think. So okay. I'll be looking for it. That's good. Now, most of your products are 
I mean, there are obviously different flavors. Some have slightly different consistencies based off what's in there, but they're all generally the same. The O Crispio oh, is yeah. something that you guys released, I believe, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and that's a lot different. Uh, you know, it's it's basically a Rice Krispie in donut shape, right. so just a, a ring form, but it's a lot it, it's a lot different than your typical product. What was it that made you decide, hey, we should release this as well? Well. The main thing I was Vinny, um, the vegan. Um, we have a vegan version of it. His friends wanted vegan options, and we were racking our brain about vegan options. That's was the main driver behind it. Well, that and Rice Krispies is something that we make constantly at home. Well, I make constantly at home, and Nautis, our gluten-free tolerant, our gluten intolerant child, was like, "Mom, you gotta make the Krispies. You gotta make the Rice Krispies. You know, you can make those way faster." and they're my favorite, you know, because that's something that I just make whenever he requests it. Um, and he was like, "But don't Weekly. put it." Yeah, he was like, just "Don't put that in. A, <laughs> don't put that in an O shape." I'm like, "Yeah, I think I like the O shape. We're gonna, we're gonna see what happens here." So, and like you said, it did add more vegan options because vegan for me is tricky. So I'm still trying to figure out different ways to make more options. But the crispios, we were able to kind of convert that to vegan um, fairly simply. And they came out really good. So mm-hmm. that's how that came about. But they don't have as much protein. So that's kind of the other thing. It was like, you know, they, they're not high protein. So I don't want to confuse anyone um, when they have that. So we kind of do those ones kind of by request because to make sure that they understand what they're getting. And the not, label looks a little different. Instead of yeah. a circle label, we have an oval label just to kind of help distinguish the differences just a little bit, you know. Right, right. Okay, now you did a dangerous thing. Nicole, about five or ten minutes ago, you said, hey, if you've got flavor ideas, come to me and let me know. So if I may be so bold, this is I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire or anything. And this isn't like a novel concept. So you've probably thought of it before, but I'm a mint junkie. So if there is at some point in the future an opportunity to do a chocolate mint version of the Oakley, I don't want it named after me. I don't want anything special like that, but I, I just... Like, just the thought of that makes me almost start drooling all over this microphone because that sounds amazing. You but. know, we, we had a Frostio for Christmas, and that was a mint one. Um, so I just missed out. Yeah, but it wasn't chocolate mint. It was just mint. Yeah. Kind of. It's like a candy cane, vanilla. But if we do do a chocolate one, we would have to use your name. The um, old Dano. No. Yeah. What's Hoppano? What's Hoppano? I like that. Okay, okay. If, if you call it the What's Hoppano, I can get behind hey, that. That's pretty cool. I'm, I'm like not going to lie. Are there any other flavors that, that you guys are working on right now or any other like combinations that have you excited? Um, We definitely want to do a white chocolate macadamia Ooh. in mm-hmm. the future, uh, as well as there's a couple other one, a uh, couple other fruit ones we want to try. Apple but, you know. cinnamon. Yes. Cinnamon, blueberry lemon. Um, which has been one that I haven't been able to to figure out yet. That whole yeah. fruit is kind of it's it's a it's just got so much liquid beast. in it. Yeah. yeah, it's another beast in itself, and it's kind of that another road we have to go down and trial and error again. It's just getting the ratios right, you know. And we've been so busy that you know creating anything new when you're super busy is it takes a little more time to kind of go back and get it right through each batch. Um, so yeah, no, there's some flavors, and like I said, the Brizio. Uh, then the cookie with a name, but no recipe yet. I mean, it's like there. We've made it like two or three times, but um, that one's going to be a white mocha chocolate caramel, which is what the, our table neighbor Bree wanted. You know, came up with, and I'm like, well, we have to name it after you. So um, that one's kind of been in the works. We've done like three batches, but I haven't got that one right yet either. So those are the flavors, and now chocolate mint. Okay, some. Oh, yeah. Vincent, go I ahead. I do have a question for you. You have a question for me? Yes. Have you tried the Nameless, correct? No. Oh. Have you seen it? I have seen it, yes. What does uh, it remind you of? Like a Dalmatian? Dalmatian? Not, not, not really, because it's it's black and white on different sides. So it's not really a Dalmatian. I just got black and white in my head. Oh, like a Maybe like a peace sign, like the yin and yang type okay. of deal? Okay. I don't know. I, I saw that post where you were asking for names. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not clever enough to even try to submit a name for this. I just want to eat it. <laughs> so 
I, I have one of those in my possession now. Your yes. mom gave me one, so I yes. will be eating that. Maybe, maybe that will inspire me. Yeah. As, as soon as I... Our DMs are open. Yeah, so we will be accepting name suggestions for that as well. Yes. Perfect. All right. So as we wind down here, we've, we've talked a lot about how far O'Cookio's has come. I mean, you guys have been a company for less than three years. Yeah. You've come so far in such a short amount of time and, and the awareness just continues to grow. And I think as people have these, you know, it, it's not that they don't like them. It's just, they don't know about them. And then once they have mm-hmm. them, it's like, okay, now I'm telling my friends, now I'm going to hop on a dopey podcast and talk about <laughs> it. Where do you see, as you look into the future, what do you see as the future for Okokios? Um, that's a really good question. So right now we are brainstorming as well as like in talks with like the future and like um, what our plans are for like expansion and everything like that. But we do have for this market, like a lot of markets set up as well as a lot of new vendors to come. So I feel like that would be our number one goal right now is getting to more vendors as well as uh, focusing more on like DoorDash and everything along those lines. Yeah, just kind of becoming a name. We want to be a gluten-free legend for Omaha. We want to... Gluten-free <laughs> legend. Yes. I love it. And we want, you know, just kind of for people to know who who we are locally, and then hopefully we can expand regionally. We did get our trademark for Okukio, so that is a federally registered trademark now. So if we do grow big enough to go nationally, um, you know, that's somewhere down the line. But right now we're just in it keep on that grassroots just building it you know that's what we've done is we've built it nice and slow um again like you said how if you once you try it you got to have them so like when we do uh we do the farmer's market over in council bluffs in the summer we hand out lots of samples and people come back that's great i just think as long as we just keep building what we're doing and being steady as you can see, this is the stallion. I got to hold her back from going. Yeah, he's the. Now, I'm the. I'm the. I'm the anchor. You know, yeah. I'm the one. That, I'm the one that slows him down. I'm like, come on, that's that. We gotta. You know, we gotta. This has got to be sustainable. We can't just shoot out the gate like a rocket. You know. Um, Me and my co-packers. Yeah. Hey, you know, and he's like, no, dear. Let's 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 stay right here. Let's let's grow slow. Let's pace ourselves, and that's kind of what we've fallen back on. And thankfully, it's. You know, been really good to go slow. So slower. I mean, you know, if she is ten million miles an hour, I'm I'm the more the antagonist. You know, the one that's the realist. The realist, not the antagonist. That might be a little heavy. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You're not trying to submarine the entire operation inside. Sometimes. (laughs) He's the realist. He's like, dear, I need one day off. Can we just not talk about cookios at all today, please? And I'm like, no, we got to figure out these numbers. We got to figure out this. Then I'll text Vinny. I'm like, hey, Vin, can you look this up for me? You know, so. But yeah, no, we, we're just kind of taking it day by day, and opportunities have just presented themselves, and we're excited anytime someone's excited about our product and seeks us out or invites us on this cool podcast. Mm-hmm. Cool is a bit strong. Yeah, well, but it apparently, I'll, I'll take it. you know, I didn't know who you were last year. We did a um, collaboration with the Omaha Fatty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, because he was, you got to come to the kitchen. You got to do a tour. He came and did a tour with us. And um, we did the collab with him. And they're like, oh, you got to, have you heard about Dan Hoppin, other members at the kitchen? And I was like, no, who's that? You know, and then now I know I told him I was joking with them. I was like, I know who Dan Hoppin is. And they're like, just laughing because like, you're a pretty big deal in the food world. Uh, well, from, th- thank you. I, uh, I'm uncomfortable accepting kind words like that, but I appreciate it. Thank uh-huh. you very much. Well, it, it was my pleasure to have you guys on the podcast today. I appreciate you taking the time. And we've, we've said it again and again on this podcast, like this is a growing company that a lot of people haven't tried yet, but when they do, it's just like light bulb moment. So, listeners, like th- this is that time in the episode where I encourage you go to ocookios.com, place an order. Like, even if it's only a couple cookies, you'll get Scott, he'll bring them by. He's the delivery or deliciousness delivered. Yep. Deliciousness, deliciousness delivered manager. There it is. <laughs> there and that's the business card right there. He'll deliver them. You can go. Go to Walner's, go to Control Coffee, go to D- Double Shot, what, whatever coffee shop. Just try one. 
And I think you will see what we're talking about. It's just that really unique texture combination that I've never experienced in anything else. The flavors are obviously awesome. And even if you don't like one of the flavors, there's like 12 or 13 (laughs) other ones. There's going to be many that you like. So please check this company out. These people are awesome. You've heard their story. You've heard their heart. You've heard their passion. There's no doubt that that all that is going to make a awesome product. So Scott, Nicole, Vincent, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. This was a true pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Also coming to uh, Fontenelle Forest this Friday. So another local place that will be available. Okay. Fontenelle Forest. Good to know. Sorry, I I I just thought of that. Just popped in my head. That's good. Give give people one more option on the way out. I like it. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. All right, guys. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.